0: Hey, good morning, everyone. I invite you to take a seat if you're here in the East Auditorium. It's so good to be in worship with you, whether you're here with us in East, whether you're joining us in West, or you're joining us online. It is so good to be with you this morning. My name is Pastor Mike, and I am on the pastoral team here at Christ Church. And it is my pleasure to start a brand new series this week with you called Lettuce, in which we talk about vegetables and I'm sorry, that's the wrong side. Sorry, let us. <laughs> now here's the thing. Often we use this phrase, let us, and afterwards we end up getting a long to-do list. That sometimes this is the words that um, I'm afraid of in my house because whenever my wife says, let us do something, what she really means is you better get your butt on doing this. <laughs> but what's great about um, Hebrews 4, which is where we get three phrases that start with let us, is that it becomes an anti-checklist. That God is not giving you more to do, but is giving you a chance to reflect on what you can release and what you can hold to in here. So again, this is not adding to your already full plates, but asking you to re-examine the ways in which God might be asking you to, in fact, do less. So this first week, we're talking about entering into God's rest. Now, rest is something that is so important to all of us, but if we're really honest with ourselves, most of us are really bad at resting. We are so bad at taking time for ourselves to recover and just be. In fact, I feel like this cult of busyness has so infected our culture that often when people ask, how are you, how's life, how many of us answer, oh, it's busy. When maybe the appropriate answer is like, oh, it's good, it's fine. But no, we say, I am so busy. <laughs> and I wonder, why, why do we answer this way? And I think there are a couple of things that we are actually trying to communicate whenever we play up how busy we are in front of other people, when we make a good show of our busyness in front of others. I think one of the things that we mean is, I want you to think that I am worth something. In our culture, we so highly value productivity that sometimes we conflate our value as human beings with what we do, and what we produce, and not who we are. And that becomes corrosive in a way that we begin to think that we have to do more, and more, and more, and if we're not constantly doing something productive, then what good are we? I think another thing that we mean when we say, I'm busy, to the question, how are you, is we want to seem virtuous. You see, many of us wear busy as a badge of honor that our jam-packed schedules become a sign of virtue to other people. And so when we blow past working 40 hours in a week and we say, man, I am so busy, we're trying to signal to other people that I am hardworking and industrious and I am a good person. And when we as parents, when we run ourselves ragged, bringing our kids from violin lessons to traveling soccer to dance recitals, and we say, oh, our family is just so busy right now. What we're really trying to say is that, well, I'm just being a good parent because I am giving every possible opportunity to my kids and I am pouring so much into them. I want you to think of me as doing it all and doing it right. I think the third thing that we mean when we say I'm busy is that we use it as a cover. We use it as a shield so that people don't ask us more questions. And in some ways it translates to, man, I am not doing well. I am so stressed and at the point of breaking, but I don't want you to see it. I don't want you to know that there are cracks in my armor and that I'm really at a point where I'm about to break down. But every time that we answer, oh, I'm so busy, when people ask how life is, we contribute to this cult of busy that just ends up leaving us tired and weary And feeling like we are not our full selves, and that we don't have time for the things that are most important in life. Now, I don't know if I am the best person or the worst person to be giving this message, but I have fallen into the cult of busy over and over in the past three years, So over the past three years, not only have I been working full-time, but I have also been going to school full-time, and our family went from having zero kids to two kids over that same time span. And between babies and school and work, the operating word that I've used in my own life to describe it to other people is busy. And I think one of the things that I've learned is that I fell into this cult of busy myself being like, man, life is really hard right now and I can't wait to just get through it. But I also wanted to see it as a source of pride. That this was a place to be like, I am doing so much and it is so good, I want you to think of me as better because I'm so busy all the time. But what I've found is that Being busy isn't a flex. It isn't something that we hang our hats on and we say, this is what makes me valuable. Because what I've found is that busy leads to a lot of corrosion in other aspects of our lives. That not only does it wear down our physical and our mental health, but it creates strains on our relationships with the people that we love most. And it creates a strain on a relationship with God. And so the cult of busy leaves us feeling burned out and distant from God and the ones we love. And so now when I ask somebody, how's life? And they respond, busy. Where before I might have thought, oh wow, my, your life must be so important that you're so busy all the time. After having gone through it these past three years, there's a little voice inside me that says, are you okay? Are you doing all right? Because I wasn't. And so we hang our hats as people of God on this idea that we were not made for the cult of busy. God didn't design us to constantly overwork ourselves and to stress ourselves out. But God designed us for rest. And this is something that God holds near and dear to himself, and it is explained better in the book of Hebrews chapter 4. And so in Hebrews 4, through uh, four, 9 through 11, we get these verses. It says, There is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. Now, I want you to keep this special rest, keep it in your minds. We're going to come back to it in a second. There is a special rest still waiting for the people of God for all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. God is asking us to enter into his rest just as God did. And so let us do our best to enter that rest. You see, God has designed a rest for us that we are to lean into as people of God. That God didn't design us to be overworked and busy all the time, but God created us for rest and for relationship. Now, if you go and you read all of Hebrews chapter 4 in context, A very faithful interpretation of every time the author uses rest is that it's a euphemism for heaven and for a rest that we get at the end of time by being faithful followers of God. Now, that is a completely valid and faithful interpretation if you go back and read chapter four. But I don't want to wait, I don't want to wait till I'm dead to rest. And in fact, I think that there are clues in the text that show that this is not just a rest for later, but it's a rest that we get to enjoy now. And it's included in verse 9, which it translated to special rest, but the actual word that is used is Sabbath. And Sabbath, for those of you that maybe didn't grow up in church, is a churchy word that really means that God's people are a supposed to take an entire day to rest and dedicate it to God. If you have any friends who are Jewish, often their Shabbat will start on Friday night when the sun goes down and they will take all day on Saturday to rest until the sun goes down on Saturday. We as people of God, we try to honor this idea of Sabbath by gathering together now here on Sunday as God's people. But the thing is, this doesn't come at the end of the age. This comes every single week, that each week we are called to find rest and a renewed relationship with God. And this idea of Sabbath, this idea of Sabbath is so important that God instituted it in the Ten Commandments, which is crazy to me that God thinks that rest is so important that it made his top ten of things that he wants human beings to know. Right in between, don't have any other gods, don't kill people, don't steal stuff, don't sleep with somebody else's spouse. In the middle of that, he says, rest. Take time for me and to be with the other people of God. And so one of the places that we get the Ten Commandments is from Exodus 20, which says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day, the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. And here comes the justification for why we have Sabbath. It says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them, but on the seventh day he rested. And that is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. See, we are given rest because even God, God, the creator of the entire universe, took time to rest. And so we see this theme over and over. Not only do we see it in Genesis, but we see it in Exodus. And even our author of Hebrews in chapter 4 mentions the fact that God rests as a reason why we as his people need to rest as well. Now, if you like this idea, if this is compelling to you that you ought to find rest in your life and to maybe scale back on your busy so that you can rest the same way that God did, good for you. But for me, there's a little voice inside of me that that's not a good enough reason. I'm like, God, you can do whatever the heck you want to, but me? I got to keep myself busy. I got to be on that hustle and be on that grind, and I got to keep moving all the time. God, you do what you want to do, but you know, for me, you know, I, I can't take rest. I can't afford it. Which brings me to another reason why we have the Sabbath, which I actually find a little bit more compelling. I don't know if you guys know this, but there are actually two places in the Old Testament where we are given the Ten Commandments. One comes from Exodus 20, and the other comes from Deuteronomy 5. And even though the Ten Commandments are the same, there's actually some differences in the way that they are justified. So I want you, I'm going to read from Deuteronomy and I want you to watch for the ways in which they are different. So it says, observe that Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. So far, the same, right? But here's where it gets different. It says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Did you catch that? We are to take a day of rest as a reminder that God rescued his people from slavery. Because what don't slaves get? They don't get rest. They don't get a day off. But our God has said, look, you are no longer a slave. You are my people and you are free. And that hits me in a spot where I don't feel like I have to be a slave to my own busyness. That I don't have to keep working to prove myself to other peoples that I'm worth it. Because God has called me free. And as someone who is free, I get to rest. Now the thing every time that I read scripture that bugs me so much is that these Israelites, these Hebrew people, they were given this amazing gift of being freed from slavery in Egypt. And you would have thought that after everything that they went through in slavery, they would have been like, whew, that was awful. We better just outlaw slavery and never do that again because that was the worst. But you know what they actually said? They said, you know, slavery was pretty bad, but that would be really crazy to totally get rid of slavery. Like, what if we just made it nicer? And so... Israel actually continued the practice of slavery, and they didn't ma- even make it a full generation after the people who had just gotten out of slavery before they started condoning slavery again. And they instituted some of these laws in these passages to, you know, make slavery a little bit nicer and put limitations on the ways in which they got to enslave other Israelites. But, you know, when it came to enslaving people from other cultures, anything goes. And it reminds me of something that speaks to the brokenness in our human condition. That often when we get caught up in busyness and we don't feel like we have a choice, we feel like we are being made to work, we are feeling like we are slaves, what we should think is, man, that was awful. And when I get a chance to no longer be a slave, I wouldn't want that for anybody else. But the truth is that there's this little voice inside of all of us that when we get the chance to be the master, to be the boss, to be the adult, we think to ourselves, man, what I went through was awful, but I can't wait to be the master. I can't wait to deny somebody else rest. I can't wait to have somebody else work for me. And it's in this kind of twisted mindset that we end up perpetuating cycles of unhealthiness and systems in which we don't allow ourselves to rest and we don't allow others to rest either. And so as you go about your week, if you feel like you're a person in a position of authority, whether that's over your family or at your work, who might you be denying rest to? Who in your life might you be saying, well, gosh, now that I'm the boss, they got to work hard and I just get to kick my feet up? Because it really is true about the human condition that we sometimes really like to deny rest to other people. Especially for us, when we are working so hard, it really irritates us to see people who are resting. All of us have had this experience, I'm sure, where you've gone onto social media and you've seen somebody taking a vacation, while you're in the middle of a really long week and you're like, oh, why don't I get to do that? I wish I could make them work just as hard as me. And there's a story that comes from the New Testament, an encounter with Jesus that speaks to that same mindset. You see, there are two sisters, Mary and Martha, and they invite Jesus over for dinner. And Martha, she is the super, like, gotta get it done, industrious woman, and so it says that she is busy, the whole time making preparations. It doesn't say whether she's cooking or cleaning, but we can assume that she is making herself busy in preparing this meal. And Mary, Mary just sits at the feet of Jesus and is listening to him. And Martha sees Mary sitting at Jesus' feet and is like, what the heck? Why do you get to rest while I am working so hard right now? And so she does this thing which is so typical of human behavior. She doesn't even go to Mary to say, Mary, will you help me? She goes straight to Jesus and she says, Lord, tell my sister to help me out. Expecting that Jesus is going to be like, okay, Mary, like, good time, run along. like, Go help your sister with preparations. But Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus instead says, Martha, Martha. There are many things that you could be doing, but only one of them is required. And your sister Mary has chosen the better of them. Jesus desires us to rest so that we can be in relationship with him. Because when we make ourselves so busy, even doing things that are good, even doing the right things, sometimes we miss out on the best thing. The only thing that is required, which is to be in relationship with the Lord our God. You see, as we are running around like chickens with our heads cut off, the thing that happens is we end up losing our connection to both God and to the people we love. And so rest and relationship, they go hand in hand. That it is difficult to find relationship and actually spend time listening to people and caring for people if we don't take time to rest ourselves. Now, sometimes... We misinterpret this as well, and we think that it's like, oh, well, got to take rest, like can't do anything, and we block out the world, and it becomes a burden. But the thing is that this idea of Sabbath, it's made for us. You see, Jesus was having an argument with the Pharisees who were really upset that he healed somebody on the Sabbath day, and he's like, guys, you don't get it. The Sabbath was made for you. It wasn't made as a constraint on your life, but as a gift. And so as they're arguing about the nature of Sabbath, Jesus says to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. You see, rest was made to meet your needs. That you and I we need rest, and we need time to set aside to renew our relationships with our loved ones and with God. And so our encouragement is to enter into God's rest because it is for our good. It is designed for us. And when we compare it against the cult of busy, the cult of busy says, you can't rest You can't take time off. You can't take a break because your identity is what you do and if you're not producing something, then what good are you? Your worth is not only what you do, but how much of it you do. And the cult of busy says, only the lazy take time to rest. But in contrast, God says, Your identity is not in what you produce. It's not in your productivity. It is because you are my beloved child. That is who you are. And rest is my gift to you as a reminder that you are a slave to no one, that you are free. So let us do our best to enter that rest that God has designed for us. Let us enter into a place where we can reprioritize the most important things and the most important people in our lives and not let this sense of busyness overwhelm us that we feel like we have to constantly be on the grind to prove ourselves to God because God loves you just the way you are and desires to spend time with you in the middle of your rest. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, help us to breathe deeply, to take time to rest and be in relationship with you and with your people. God, we're sorry for the ways in which our busyness has gotten in the way of being with you and for caring for the people who need your love and your need. God, we are sorry for the ways in which we have denied rest to other people out of our own selfishness. For the ways in which we were denied rest, we deny it for others. But God, we give you thanks that you have made us free. We give you thanks that you are constantly coming into our lives saying, I love you and that I care for you, not because of what you do, but because of who you are as my child. So God, help us to find rest. Help restore our bodies and our minds and our spirits as we turn towards you and we learn to focus on you, to be in a place where we can truly enjoy the gift of your Sabbath. So God, may your presence be among us, be upon us, and continue to walk with us now and forever. Amen.